review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Man, I feel like just rolling, baby. It's my way. That was Fred Durst. Fred Durst did that for us. Fred Durst and the DJ from Linkin Park. Do you ever think about the fact that Britney Spears has seen Fred Durst's dick? They dated? They fucked. That was the great, amazing rumor that they eventually both confirmed that they fucked one time in like 1999 or 2000. That's horrifying. Isn't that the best? Nice woman saw that old man's dick. I wouldn't say she's a nice woman. I would say she's one of the worst mothers Hollywood's ever produced. What? <laughs> really? She's still not allowed near her kid. Really? Yeah. No, she like has she's on like supervised watch of her kids cuz like anytime apparently like she gets she gets like out of her parents or handler's sight, it's just like I'm doing drugs, I'm doing pills, I'm doing fuck, I'm doing thrills. And they're like, "Oh Jesus." Yeah, like show business. Well, of course cuz they're like dance Britney I don't want to dance, Bobby. I said <laughs> fucking dance, Brittany. <laughs> you this is a weird compliment. You do you make the noise of a crying woman very well. <laughs> I don't want to dance. <laughs> very good. <laughs> but dad. Um yeah, I like the new themes and I don't give a fuck if no one else does. Dylan, who are we discussing this week on the review of wrestlers? Oh wow, that's is cause I looked it up because I thought you were bullshitting, but no, Kevin Federline is requesting more child support. Yeah. I don't bullshit these things. It's only because I was trying to write a bit about how we like the media makes people look like such pieces of shit. And like Kevin Federline, he just looks like a scumbag, but he's like the best dad in the world. He's like just he's given up his career to just raise those two children. He had no career. His career was that he fucked that lady. And what, he was also a backup dancer, baby. Oh, and the single best natural heel in the history of professional wrestling. Exactly. That guy could have had a that guy could have been in the Miztourage right now. That guy could be Brock Lesnar's advocate. Paul Heyman would be dead in a fucking ditch. And Kevin Federline See, that's the thing. Would be that's stu- the thing that... Go sorry, ahead. go for it. No, you go. Oh, I just mean to get completely sidetracked immediately. That's the thing Vince McMahon doesn't understand about professional wrestling is don't spend all your fucking money trying to get an A-plus star to validate you. Get a bunch of... B-level stars, like how awesome would the Miztourage be if Kevin Federline was still in it or something, and then you had like, who was el- who else was like a huge flash in the pan? You had like William Hung or something? <laughs> like just all these like... Yeah. You know, Susan Boyle, William Hung, Kevin Federline, uh, Sanjaya? The, uh, hide your kids, hide your wife guy. <laughs> like <it's> just, <laughs> just a bunch of internet memes, the yeah. people. Yeah, he has the he guy, the fat kid start, from Mala, he, Mala, Yeah, exactly. The fat, that fat kid is his ring step every week, and then he spits on the fat kid. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, also, great. by the way, that's a new story. If I'm at TMZ, oh, okay, Kevin Costner's in the WWE. Well, I guess Kevin Costner needs a payday. No, 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 no. Sinjaya, William Hung, and Kevin Federline are now managing a wrestler who used to be on the real world. Shut the fuck up. Or the Chris Rock TNA thing where he's like, come on, watch this TNA. 
Wrestling? I don't have you ever seen that? I know I have not. Okay, man. All right. Well, I'm going to start talking about Tommy Dreamer vamping, if you will. You type in Chris Rock TNA into YouTube, and we'll all know when you've watched it. <sighs> all right. I Well, can I just do this after the episode? I want to talk about... No, you need to do it right now. <sighs> okay. I want... I want to talk about... Well, all right. No, do it in between the break. Do it in between the break. All right. So, uh, Tommy James Lachlan Dreamer McGillicuddy was born February 14th, 1971 in Yonkers, New York. By people in the mafia. Let's just fucking cut straight to the chase. Tommy Dreamer's family is clearly in, is clearly his in the mafia. Parents, his parents were... Very well-to-do, like, successful white-collar people. That were laundering money for their mafia family. Like, Tommy Dreamer's life was... was. Have you ever seen uh, the movie about Whitey Bulger? Yes, I watched it yesterday. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer was Benjamin Cumber... Benjamin Cumberbatch was Tommy Dreamer's dad. It's, it's Benedict Cumber- Cumberbatch. You, whatever. You, whatever. Stop dorking off over there, you dork. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to dork me off, aren't you, dork? <laughs> Don't fucking dork me off, man, or I'm going to have to bring a box hard <laughs> on your porch. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, let me say this about that uh, movie about Whitey Bulger starring Johnny Depp. It's both really good and really bad, and I can't figure out why I think that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they do the thing where uh, mafia, any mafia movie is like, yeah, of course he killed people and took the teeth out, but he was he really cared about his community. It's like, no, he didn't. He understands like politicians do. You do nice shit to the people around you, so they don't tell the cops. <laughs> like That's what the fucking shit is. And also, I was reading about that, and much like Tommy Dreamer's life, is that the fictional story is a lot nicer than the actual story. What's fictional? Fiction. Fictional. Fictional. That's a word. Oh, fuck. No, of course it's fucking not, you fucking idiot. Fictional, you fuck. But anyway, check this out. Tommy Dreamer, good shot at this, was uh, he was on the tape trading scene, and uh, basically what you would do is, it's through Inside Wrestling Magazine, you would send a picture of yourself with your name and address along with the wrestling you like, and you get matched up with like wrestling pen pals, who would just have like tape shit off TV, and uh, in a shoot interview, Tommy Dreamer suggested that this is what pedophiles probably used before the internet, and I would say, yes, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> good shout, Tommy Dreamer. He just seems like a good man. I disagree with that entirely. That guy, that guy, this guy likes sex in a way that I'm like, you're into bad stuff. Tommy Dreamer, in any shoot interview or discussion, will talk about how he doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, but he likes pussy. Yeah, people who never drank are weird. Well, no, it's what it is is this. They're always really into one thing. Yeah, they've really put all their eggs in the fuck basket is a way to describe Tommy Dreamer. Like, he is into sex. Like... Every ECW wrestler <laughs> that isn't Tommy Dreamer talks about that you have to be very careful about bringing women backstage and all of the female valets and wrestlers. At some point, Tommy Dreamer just got his quote-unquote hooks in them. <laughs> yeah, of course he did because he was sober. He was over, like, and imagine like, okay, who are you going to fuck? Um, Sandman is both shitting his pants and reading a book at the same time. New Jack is just doing cocaine. Sabu is dead. Sabu's literally a pile, <laughs> a pile of leather laundry. Or the nice sober man taping up his wrist. You're like, well, that guy probably has a thick dick. Um, yeah. 
Shane Douglas and Tommy Dreamer had real life heat because um, uh, Francine and, and Tommy Dreamer kept making out in bars in Philadelphia, and then ECW fans would be like, "All right, Tommy," and he'd be like, "Yeah." And then Shane Douglas found out about it. Was like, "Uh, it's implied that we're fucking, so please stop doing that." And Tommy Dreamer got really upset because he liked that the fans saw him making out with a hot lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because this guy, this guy played with action figures until he was 17. Yeah, he was me. That's cool. You got to get your aggression out <laughs> He would paint up his own G.I. Joes and play with them. And then he would be like, oh, no booze for me. I just like the taste of fear. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to dress up as a lady and play ladies football so I get to touch them and hurt them. That's what I like. It's a fucking nightmare. The, Tommy Dreamer lived with his parents until he was 30 and fucked Beulah McGillicuddy on his childhood bed, which he told them about a lot. I assume that. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm implying that he was like, Mom, Dad, smell my dick. <laughs> I shit this bed, I pissed this bed, and now I come the bed. <laughs> That's what he said. Now, what's strange about Tommy Dreamer is basically Tommy Dreamer is a Northeastern wrestling fan, loves the WWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWW
two of the owners of this massive company were a guy with a bunch of elastics on his face. Yeah. And a big fat net man named Gino who uh, always carried five grand with him everywhere he went. That's so fucking crazy. Like, Gorilla Monsoon is low-key probably the weirdest man in the world. Like, no, I don't bet on tennis. It's all rigged. They're cyborgs. What? Yeah. Him and Gordon Soli both believe that football was rigged. It's the best. Of course they do. My life is a sham, so everyone's life is a sham. No, it's just yours, Gorilla. Yeah. No, Gorilla. It's, it's just you. Just you, you weird Italian weirdo. All right. Um, so he trains with Johnny Rods. He starts wrestling at 18 because uh, that was back when, believe it or not, athletic commissions, because that was how steeped in kayfabe wrestling was at this point. They all adhered to the athletic commission and would have to pay the athletic commission a sum just because, no, wrestling is real. See, we pay the athletic commission. That's the stupidest fucking thing. So what happened basically is Vince McMahon in the late 80s went before uh, Supreme Court and said, it's fucking fake, man. The le- No one would just fucking sit there for a leg drop. Dylan's making, Dylan's making the story seem a lot more positive. Uh, it was uh, New Jersey had a extra tax for any athletic activities, so Vince McMahon went in front of the uh, state athletic board and said we shouldn't be charged that tax because we're not sports, we're sports entertainment. Uh, it is predetermined. We don't need to pay this tax. As a result of that, the WWF um, was no longer uh, under the domain of state athletic boards anywhere they traveled within the contiguous United States. But because every other wrestler are fucking crazy, they still were like, they might be fake, but we're fucking real. And all of the athletic boards were like... The NWA did... That was the NWA's ads, essentially. We're like, we're real. We're not fucking fake. But But keep in mind, the NWA had to then keep paying the athletic boards when their direct competition was not... Do you understand how stupid that is? And they already had less money to begin with. Well, that's negligible. They were Vince McMahon. The big thing that if you actually realize is that the difference between Vince McMahon and Jim Crockett promotions was Vince McMahon, the man didn't have a lot of money. He probably had a salary from that company. But during the expansion, he was putting all the money back in the business. The business owned his house. The business owned everything as assets. Well, Jim Crockett would be like, okay, because if you look at the houses that JCP was making, they weren't in the glamorous locations, but they were sold the fuck out and on a weekly basis. Like Vince wasn't running that many big towns. He had the garden, but the garden's expensive. Yeah, he had better cameras. Pardon me? He also had better cameras and he like he knew more about television production. To make it look better, which is why a guy like Tommy Dreamer loved it so much. That's also after Dick Ebersol comes in. I completely agree. I'm just saying that yeah. once again, one of the main reasons Vince McMahon won this battle is because it was like, he's an idiot, but he was fighting an, a hayseed, new rich idiot who was even dumber. Tommy Dreamer loves wrestling, basically, is the story of this. He uh, had his butthole fingered, and they played with his balls at the State Athletic Commission, which, of course, he brought up because it involves sex, and he loves sex. His parents supported him through all of this, but he had to attend and complete college. He sold 50 tickets to his first match and 100 tickets to his second match to his family alone and was named Rookie of the Year. Yeah, because... <laughs> wrestling's the best he gets the he gets attacked from behind by bill demott at his second ever match and uh there's a member a hundred people who are well con- this is by the way by tommy dreamer's own admission here well connected to crime syndicates 
and one of his aunts uh, yelled at Bill DeMott, I'm going to put a hit on you, and a bunch of his uncles tried to jump the railing. Also, this is uh, this is one of my favorite stories I've ever read. His grandfather was arrested at 70 years old for fighting two 30-year-old men in the street. The best. <laughs> they worked for the mafia, and they ran the Brooklyn Piers, where his great-uncle became famous for knocking out a horse, which made front-page news. <laughs> The police were coming on a horseback to take control of the piers, so his great-uncle and grandfather, who'd put up boards with nails facing upwards to catch the horse's hooves, don't don't uh, compliment me for that fucking mental image, that's disgusting, then dragged the officers down off the horse and beat them up. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, they went to prison. Here's what I like about that. Here's probably why it's okay that Tommy Dreamer talks about his uh, mafia family, is because they would just beat people up, seemingly. <laughs> like, they ran a racket called Grade 3 Give Me Your Lunch Money. <laughs> the profession. Well, it's also one of those... How about I- how about I box your ears, you little so-and-so? Oh, that's that's the Dreamer clan. They're ruthless. They punch people in the stomach, never the face. They know you gotta go to work. Well, it's also one of those things where you can talk about the mafia if it's in the newspaper. Is that your grandfather? Yes. It says here he beat up a horse. Yeah, it sounds it like him. That sounds like Pop Pop. But what... T- like, but what Tommy Dreamer probably isn't talking about is, like, the reason why he loves sex is when he was 11, his grandfather was like, Ah, Tomas, these women, they are prostitutes. They make you a man now. And then Tommy just got a suck off by three prostitutes in some sort of root cellar. And he was like, I am a man now. And then, <laughs> and then he did the Raven propose, yelled nevermore, and then Death Valley Driver, one of the ladies of the night. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of the East W booking was just what happens after sex with Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> you pile drive them. Yeah. And then Terry Funk's there and he wins the belt because he's your friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh that's also just a side note, seventy year old man fighting two thirty year old men in the street, that's code for <laughs> To, this 70 year old man started a fight with two 30 year olds and they roundly kicked the shit out of him <laughs> I don't know I don't know if that's always true I saw in front of a legion uh, I, a guy in his 50s versus a guy in his 20s here's the what the guy in his 20s didn't count on guy in his 50s never said I'm putting down my pole cue <laughs> 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 no I just mean that like if you write a story like hey John, I, I wouldn't say, I would say, hey, John, I beat someone up last night. But if I was like, hey, John, I got in a fight last night, you're like, oh, you're accentuating the positive there. You lost that fight. Oh, I see what you're saying. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm smart. I'm very smart. You are very smart. Tommy Dreamer's original, this is how much of a wrestling fan he was. And I'm sure we all had this. Because if you were a wrestler at 19, you probably would have had a story. Uh, uh, you probably would have had a character like this. But he wanted to be named Tommy Acid and have Sting's face paint. <laughs> And he also and he wanted to spit acid like the great Muda. He basically wanted every gimmick from every wrestler he liked. Yeah. And I want to be called Nikita Koloff too sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes I want them to call it Acid Mania, and other times I want to be the ultimate warrior. <laughs> and other times just bring me out as the ultimate warrior, because that's fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fun boy. Johnny Rod says no, you're too handsome, which is such a weird thing to like in the late Wrestling 80- is so weird for like it's so homophobic but then every time you hear a wrestling booker was like it was like i thought tony atlas would be huge you know nice big thick <laughs> cock good face yeah. <laughs> what yeah. yeah if a man gets near me i vomit but 
I know what a hot man looks like. I don't know. I'll tell you why Hulk Hogan was the world champ as many times as he was. When he threw, throws a hot load on your chest, you can cook an egg over top of the heat <laughs> of that load. <laughs> Big, nice thighs that I want wrapped around my face while I'm lying down on a bed. I don't have a choice. Yeah. He's just driving it in there. Anyway, I don't think that they should get married. It's not gay if you don't kiss is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just exercise. Yeah, it's just two. It's just two men getting familiar with each other's crevices. We're just stretching for a long, fun time that makes me love you. We're preparing for a play. Uh, so Tommy Dreamer, basically, the second name was a uh, tribute to Dusty Rhodes. And of course, uh, it was. Oh, I'm the I'm the Yonkers Dream. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing: he starts wrestling in '89. Four years later. Just because he's only in New York, uh, he wrestles. He Paul Heyman is starting a wrestling company in '93, so he hears about this. Uh, he's got his name on the streets, and uh, Paul Heyman brings him in, and that is his wrestling career. Essentially, is ni- the good stuff is '93 to uh, 2000, and I mean, though he solidified a spot for himself in the WWF to, uh, very much. But ninety three to uh, two thousand, these are the these are the what you would say the creatively uh, gratifying years for Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is basically he shows up in short shorts and nobody likes him, and because his parents have deep pockets and are willing to pay for uh, trucks for ECW, he gets to be the what would you call him? The dude. He's John Cena. Yeah, he's the John Cena of ECW. That's a very good point. He's the John Cena of ECW, but they had to change him. Explain. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, I guess John Cena changed too, because John Cena came in as like just straight up, I'm the I am a babyface against Kurt Angle, and almost exactly to the trunks too. Tommy Dreamer had the same thing in ECW. He came in, he's I am a babyface, but it's he was in Philadelphia, so everyone just fucking hated him because he had like hair that he put in place and he wasn't the sandman just like yeah that guy looks like that guy looks like he doesn't take shit from anybody regardless of gender or what he perceives to be shit so tommy dreamer looked like a you know just a man in society so everyone in philadelphia fucking hated him of course and get a new york gay and uh then the and then what got him over i'm sure everyone if you're listening to this you know exactly how tommy dreamer got over was the michael fay thing happens in singapore they're gonna cane michael fay three times tommy dreamer says that michael fay's a pussy because he only got it three times loses the match to sandman gets caned 10 times and basically is just challenging the uh, ecw crowd to have sympathy for him which they finally do everyone says oh my god you're hardcore why? Because we need you to be successful, Tommy Dreamer. We need this so much. I used to think Tommy Dreamer was underutilized, but now I now I just think uh, he got so yeah he got so he was he topped out so hard. He topped out so hard, and also his move set like everything in ECW. The best thing about ECW is looking back on it. You watch an actual unedited ECW match, and you're just like, Gee, how are how did they make this so boring? Well, that's because wrestling back then was boring. Like the, it's ninety three style is the, the nineteen ninety three style is essentially a Kona Crush squash match, but without the weapons. Like a lot of him dragging around. That's why Rob Van Dam was so good, and that's why it 
I mean, probably, I honestly Sab- probably... Sabu as well. Three-way dance between Terry Funk, Sabu, and Shane Douglas is amazing. I was specifically talking about no Tommy Dreamer match is good because his moveset is very limited. Also, he was so hurt all the fucking time. Because he wasn't, he didn't really get trained. He trained to a certain extent, but he didn't necessarily know how to bump properly. So he just fall like he just fall down all the time. No, his moveset was good, but I mean that was when they were the innovator of violence, which essentially was just like he would just take moves off indie guys. What were what were his moves? Tommy Dreamer's moves were the Death Valley Driver. He would do the, yeah. the Evermore DDT to Raven only, and then chair shot, chair shot, chair no, shot. No, DDT was his finish. DDT was his finisher. No, it was Death Valley Driver was his finisher. No, I mean he finished a lot of matches the DDT on the Invasion of Raw. I just watched it. He uh, finished that with a DDT. Oh, well, maybe he did that because Raven was there or something. I don't know. It's stupid. No, you're just trying to make your own failure okay you failed idiot i did not fail uh they also then had him do the um the angle with say where he blinded um sandman by accidentally caning him and putting the cigarette in his eyes sandman then came back sold the injury for almost a month sandman sold the injury for almost a month by not going outside uh, unless he was wearing bandages over his eyes uh sandman then came back it looked like he was going to retire and then beat the fuck out of Dom, uh, Tommy Dreamer, who eventually beat him in a no-disqualified, no-holds-barred match at the ECW Arena. Now, it's 1995. What happens in 1995? Dylan Gott. What happens in 1995? Ooh, baby. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, for the first time, sticks a full tampon in his butt to see if that's better for absorbing poop. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Uh, turns out, no. It gets stuck in there. Like, I mean... This is when he blinds the Sandman, no? No, he's already done that. He did that in 1984. 1995 is the start of the... Raven Feud. Raven Feud. One of the best feuds with one of the worst starts ever, which was Tommy Dreamer was a pretty boy at camp, and he made fun of the nerd kid who was Raven, and now Raven's back to beat him up. It, like I, They should have just been... Uh, Raven is the fucking goth weirdo of ECW. He doesn't like how pretty Tommy Dreamer is. Now they're going to beat the shit out of each other. I don't like that they are fucking like, we've known each other since we were kids. Um, I Here's the thing, though. This feud... I think is great and stands the test of time. And absolutely, firstly, it, it absolutely it's the it's weirdest. A, it's a bad yeah. chapter one, but the rest of the book is amazing because every major feud in ECW branches off of this feud. It, to explain yeah. it, you have to explain everything that's happening in ECW. It's something you can always go back to, and it also added the way they did it is it the end of it has this beautiful. Um, period on the end of the sentence and then it continues forward when Raven comes back to ECW. Oh, it's fantastic. I think it's good because uh, it's the first... Alright, so well, basically, importantly, it's the first major company to attempt a really obvious, like, there's no good guy, there's no bad guy. Like, you can pick Raven as the good guy even though he's using heel tactics. Uh, Dreamer, obviously, is set up kind of as the face because, like, of course this guy wants to get revenge for doing a shitty thing when he was a kid it's kind of like you could feasibly cheer for the heel in this because dreamer was a dick to him and was a dick to everyone around him like so that it's kind of like that revenge of the nerds thing and i think it stands this time because this is almost the story of let's get weird here this is the story of uh the this is the alt-right versus uh regular people you made fun of me so now it's okay that I'm 
just posting whore on your Instagram pictures. That's like, very no. funny. <laughs> you made fun of me, which is bad, but you have to grow and get past this. You can't just fucking turn into Raven, which is essentially uh, an emo man. Um, and then they also throw in weird things like Tommy Dreamer uh, and Raven are about to have a match. Beulah McGillicuddy, who was a fat girl at the camp they went to that had a crush on Tommy Dreamer that he embarrassed, is now a penthouse pet and she's having sex with Raven. When we all know, uh, in actuality, she was fucking Tommy Dreamer the whole time because she is a woman and that that's what happens in ECW. And that's what he does. He gets things done, bro. Yeah. But yeah, that was... It's a great storyline because, like, you can feasibly, and especially with the ECW fan base, obviously, they'll fucking side with Raven because he's a mopey, his character is he's a mopey piece of shit. And uh, that's totally what those people wanted. That's why Raven, the, the weird thing is, like, Raven being a pure loner character would have been so good as a babyface back then, but they just never fully went with that. Like, everyone loved Raven so much. There was, like, a story, uh, the, the revenge game. Wyatt had Goldberg, Hogan, Nash, and Raven on the cover is because with test audiences, like, they did all this market research, and Raven tested so high that they put him on the cover. Like, people loved Raven. They loved Raven, and it's also, it was this feud. Like, you could talk about this feud of, like, they ne- the whole idea of there was never a winner. Something always fucked up. Someone else got added to the feud. Raven would sort of win, but not really. It was fucking amazing. And also the fact well, it's just Raven stealing victories the whole time, stealing victories, but also that they would branch off at exactly the right moment where okay, all right, we're gonna have this feud for a year, and then you're gonna just feud with Brian Lee and Shane Douglas, and Raven's gonna go feud with Sandman, and then they're gonna come back and feud again in '97, building to the loser leaves town match at Wrestlepalooza in 1997. Like the whole fact that they didn't do this match at barely legal is a fascinating decision. That Tommy Dreamer doesn't wrestle on that uh, pay-per-view at all. He just does commentary in the main event and gets attacked by nine or gets attacked by the Dudley Boys on behalf of Raven as soon as the match is uh, Terry Funk versus Raven. It's such an interesting like yep. I'm just to make sure I'm taking you out too. It just it so it so shows the genius of Paul Heyman as a booker, but also the problem is is that like any sort of booker, he then needs to move on and someone new needs to come in for a whole new batch of stories because he's never able to go past this. After 1998, well, he, ECW is basically just the worst. No, not maybe. I, no, I think it's I think it's still good. It's just Paul Heyman understood commodities. Like he understood that he had Tommy Dreamer forever. So he didn't use need to use that commodity on this show. He understood that. You know, Terry Funk, there's two huge multinational fucking companies in wrestling now who are making money hand over fist. Terry Funk is not going to be here very long, so I have to utilize this man while I can. I I absolutely agree with that point. I'm more just saying that he never... They had amazing matches after this. They had some amazing moments, but they didn't have... Tommy Dreamer was part of one of the best storylines in wrestling in the 90s that didn't have the name Austin and McMahon in it. Yes. And this that Raven feud made Tommy Dreamer a household name. Like in wrestling. ECW was getting acclaim. Yeah, exactly. But like this Tommy Dreamer feud, the Sandman being blind feud and the Tommy and the Raven feud made him be in wrestling now. Because you look at a guy like 
Like his career could have easily like if it's a few years later, he goes the way of Chris Chetty. Absolutely, yeah. He's just some guy who was in ECW and he knew Taz. Yeah. He got like he got super lucky because he was there at the start of something and helped start one of the companies that reconfigured wrestling. It's so crazy. Maybe the company that just redid wrestling. It's really crazy how well ECW alumni have done in the latter part of their life. Like Taz has this weird it's a podcast, it's a morning show. And you know He has a podcast and a morning show now. <laughs> Is it also I can't figure out for Brooklyn Bro, he has two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has two. I can't figure it out. Um him, like Tommy Dreamer's doing indie shows and like has been a producer for TNA and WC WWE on again off again. Sandman is just not dead. That's that that I think is the biggest victory of them all. The fact that Sandman full stop like if if we're saying that Tommy Dreamer reached above and like overachieved, then Sandman it's not even close. Like Sandman Tommy Dreamer being a wrestler is a bit of an overachieve, not bit of like I shouldn't say being a wrestler, but being this successful and well-known a wrestler uh is a, a bit above, but Sandman making it as a wrestler is like if i was in the nba somehow like oh yeah there's a five foot eleven center and he's just getting dunked on but everyone likes him so much that no one cares yeah he he hasn't touched the ball in three months of play but when he walks onto the court it's quite exciting (laughs) uh we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna talk more about tommy tommy dre dre and his uh, stuff after the Raven feud, uh, which is great. I mean, it's so great because immediately it's kind of like his character is so good. And it's like uh, he's the John Cena of ECW. But the way they book Tommy Dreamer is he's always in peril and he's always there's new things every single time. Like immediately the Raven feud ends and like in he gets beat up by Jerry Lawler to the point where he's legit in the hospital for a couple weeks. So we're going to talk more about that. Do you After know? Wait, wait, wait. Do you know why? He, you know why he was in the hospital because of that Jerry Lawler attack? It's the grossest injury in the world. Because he got uh, he hit him too hard with his ball with his cane and his balls fucking swelled up. Hematoma of the testicles. His ball bag. Oh. His ball bag filled with so much blood he had to get it drained or it would have burst. Ooh, and then he got it drained by something else. You know what I mean? A pop, 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 pop. Listen to that horrible song again. See you in a second. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate <laughs> and donate to us. Five dollars gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For twenty-five bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it. We have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash rest review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gives a shit? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Tommy Dreamer. Fuck me, we had some off-mic shenanigans and some technical difficulties. If that hadn't happened, you would have heard a lot of chat about two men and what they put on their dicks if they were going to suck them. John and Dylan, we go raw dog, as usual, because what yeah. are we, Dylan? We're raw dog rascals. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. If you can't suck your own dick with nothing else on it, how are you going to look a woman dead in the eyes? I don't I don't, even, I don't even use 
lube for anal. That's how attractive I am to women, that they're... <laughs> they start shitting, too. <laughs> That's what I do, buddy. I get your cunt so wet your asshole wants to shit. Is that how bodies work? <laughs> yeah. You want to know how attractive I am? You'll definitely need to shit. I'm like... <laughs> There'll be so much fucking pussy juice in there, you need to shit some out. I'm like a, I'm like a house with black mold. You're gonna need to shit soon. <laughs> <laughs> also, there was a guy. Uh, I did a showcase for colleges yesterday, and I forgot that I'm comfortable saying the word pussy now, and uh, I just remembered it. So, what do you mean? You weren't comfortable saying the word pussy before? No, there was just some guy who came. They came on stage, and his whole his whole set is like, "No one dates me," and I was like. <laughs> It's Joe Vu, everybody. If you need him, he'll be licking the toilet seats. <laughs> He's been watching who went to the bathroom. He's going to be licking those toilet seats, that fucking pervert. Don't book him. <laughs> did I you just do- kept saying, don't book him. Book me. Did you, Good time. Actually, did you actually do that? Yeah. <laughs> of course I did. What the fuck, man? I'm trying to fucking get some fucking money here. You're a good man. I got kids maybe I want to have to feed, maybe. I have a cat to feed. Yeah, you got a cat to feed. Your wife's always angling to not have a job. That's very important to her. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't be, though? Oh, yeah. It's good times. We tried the cat on some new food, and let me tell you this. The cat doesn't like it. That's major. <laughs> That's, this is why you need to have kids in your 30s, because otherwise you're just talking about your cat's diet like it's a thing that people want to hear about. Yeah, your, oh, your cat's diet. Really? The, thi- the creature that if you opened the door, it would return with a mutilated rodent. <laughs> the, survi- the actual person. The- That's the crazy thing about owning a cat. It's if you take care of this cat, but then if society was to fall apart you would be dead so quickly because you'd be like oh how do i farm things that are also good for my gluten intake and then the cat would just be gone and live till 50 off of your dead corpse yeah absolutely would actually grow opposable thumbs and run its own society very easily especially your cat because she has the devil like all your cat wants to do is go outside and kill go outside and kill and fuck other fuck dude cats my cat's a slut you know does she like to fuck yeah. No, when we were living in England, one time our roommate was <laughs> was like, yeah, two cats came out of the garage and then uh, Cleo came. I think she was getting GB'd by those cats. <laughs> it made my wife really uncomfortable, but I just enjoyed abbreviating gangbang to GB. Yeah, I've had so many gangbangs, I don't even have time to say the full word, so I just say GB, and I don't mean Grey Bitten. I mean gangbang. <laughs> I, uh, I do wonder how Mike Shear is doing, and I'm glad to hear that he's still being creative. He's doing he's doing great uh he's got a new joke uh where his greek girlfriend said why do you drink like you drink don't you drink to relax and he said hey i find vandalism relaxing (laughs) 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 perfect here's a man who doesn't drink so and never has so he's a psycho can you imagine not drinking and you're like someone tells you like well Tommy, some of our money comes from directly from murdering people. And he's like, I don't need to dull my senses for this. I want to be aware of the murders at all times. Keep in mind, 
um, that he is hanging out with the Sandman and Sabu. Like that guy, I'm sure, <laughs> that guy. I mean, that's did, actually an ad for not drinking. That guy probably did. Like, want Why to- don't you drink? Pisses pants without knowing it. Yeah, <laughs> like he probably he's 22. He'd like to take the tension off of like having a beer, and then he just looks over and Shane Douglas has taken 47 Percocet and is just. Just literally talking to he's talking to his dad and his dad's been dead since he was eleven. Like he, he like there's <laughs> yeah like of course like Tommy Dreamer probably is addicted to sex because he just every time he thrusts he just is like I've never seen someone shit their pants doing this too much. <laughs> also, uh, when he got a blood drained from his nuts after the Jerry Lawler caning uh, mishap, uh, he was upset because his dick looked so small in front of the doctor who was hot. Which is very funny. I mean... Man, if I came in here without my dick being small, I probably could have fucked this doctor. <laughs> what no. Is it, what is <laughs> that's, that? not a, that's never a thing. Hey, sir, that rash would look good in my mouth. <laughs> that's not what happens. In three to five years when the Me Too movement hits wrestling, which is how wrestling works, is that it's usually about five yeah. years behind. Good Lord, are so many people just going to have... They're just going to... Vince McMahon is just going to walk through the halls of wrestling with a gun and just being like, bye bye That's the crazy thing about ECW that I didn't think about till just now was that the reason why Paul Heyman was the wrestling, like, they call it wrestling Scorsese, some people call him, is because he was two years late on trends and not five. Yeah. Because... Raven was a grunge character in 1993. 1996. Oh, no, 1993. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raven, no, sorry. He came out of the office in 94, 95. So we would have been four years late on being a grunge character versus, you know, wrestling being like, we're just, hey, why don't we have an emo character? It's 2018. You know. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. And it's also like, but even like ECW was fucking crazy. Like Two Cold Scorpio and Todd Gordon, Todd Gordon, who was the actual. Owner. By the way, anyone who goes like, "Oh, Paul Heyman, he owned ECW. He didn't own an ECW until 1996, 1997." And actually, Tommy Dreamer owned a good portion of it with him, along with a bunch of the other wrestlers. Todd Gordon owned it the entire time, and uh, Paul Heyman claimed that he was a rat and was scouting for EC- for WCW. Todd Gordon says he wasn't. And then he was just like, uh, I run a bunch of pawn shops in Philadelphia and have 40 other businesses. And I just couldn't literally uh, stand getting phone calls every hour on the hour from Paul Hamill and be like, oh, oh, my name is, sir, I need an elephant for Sabu to fuck. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the other weird thing about having a mole, like having a rat in the company is like, this is, you're publicizing these tapes. Yeah. And for sure there's no contracts. Like you guys perform in a three hundred seat arena when these guys are doing shows every Monday for fucking twenty thousand people. Like of course there there's no need for a rat. It's just you're a feeder system. But then again, that's how Paul Heyman runs, right? It's you know But it's also by the way, is because he wanted to create that environment because it's all but been revealed that at this point ECW was the WWE WWF feeder. Yeah. He was the WWF OVW. Like that it's all but been confirmed 
by it's been confirmed by the WWF. Paul Heyman refuses to acknowledge it and keeps making up weird like, well, oh, the reason they gave me five grand is because Two Cold Scorpio had a deal with a record company, and that record company would pay us five thousand dollars every week to use his music. So when they took Two Cold Scorpio and made him Flash Funk, they had to give me the five thousand dollars. Oh, I don't know what impression I'm doing right away, but that was what they did. Was basically they like that. Th- that's the closest they've come to admitting it is basically when they were like they sent Al Snow down for us to come up with something for him. They came up with the head thing, and then he lost to Shane Douglas and went immediately right back, right back up to WWF with the head gimmick. Like that's the closest they ever came to explaining this. Well, no, the WW, the WWF, Vince McMahon on a bite this said. No, they were a feeder system. We were working with Paul. It's the only time we yeah, ever. Yeah, which is clear, because you just you don't need to anyone to say it. You need to just hear the Al Snow story, because that's what Al Snow said was. Yeah. You need to hear the Al Snow. What's weird though is Paul Heyman never clued people in. Tommy Dreamer and Paul Heyman have a lot of heat as a result of this, because Tommy Dreamer was heavily investing in the company. Tommy Dreamer essentially helped and financed Paul to buy out Todd uh, Todd Gordon in '97. Um, which basically meant that Tommy Dreamer was going to be with the company forever because he owned a part of it. And never expl- and Paul never explained that a portion of the company was being funded by the WWF. And other stories that make sense is the Dudley boys wanted $1 more. They, were all, they wanted to be the highest paid tag team in ECW by $1. They just needed that sort of acknowledgement. Paul Heyman said no because the Fed wanted them. Taz... Um, it's very confusing over whether or not, but it basically is implied that Taz was forced out and forced up, which doesn't make a lot of sense for them to do for Paul Heyman to let that happen. But he had to because of the financial deal that he cut in the back room with the WWE. Yeah, I think it was all fun and games essentially. Like, okay, these guys are good. This is a lifeline that keeps us that keeps us good up until the point you're right when they get on TNN and they're doing all these promos and Taz is super over and they're like no we need to bring this guy up just so ECW doesn't have him because you're not challenging us in any way well not only that the w the ECW basically became a stalking horse for the WWF using TNN as a platform because that was spike and all that was where they were aired for years ECW stopped being on TNN because the WWF entered into open negotiations with TNN and TNN kicked ECW off the air because they made a bad deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did. They made an old school wrestling deal, which was we'll pay you for TV. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, and then that bankrupted the company. Uh, t- but stop, Tommy Dreamer storyline wise, he of course do the Dudley Boys, uh, break Beulah McGillicuddy's neck. This is fucking crazy. And by the way, usually you see them, they're like, oh, they didn't break the neck. That 3D, it literally looks like oh that. Bubba Ray Dudley just murdered a woman. This is where he got his taste for blood. Really? I I looked I watched that angle like today and I was like, I can't believe for a second that I bought this. It just looks like a normal 3D. Which one is it? Because it, it was the one I'm like I have. I honestly haven't watched it in years. But it was the the one in the Elks Lodge, and it looked fucking gross. Like she lands weird on her shoulders. I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the one. But it just like it's just a protected 3D, and they do it in slow motion. Oh, I didn't think they did it in slow motion. It's also been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. They should throw it in slow motion, and it was just like this is a normal 3D. But that's the thing where it, it's, you know what I mean? You show it in slow motion, and that's the other thing about broken necks and stuff like this is easy to claim like oh he broke his neck because you trust ecw so much because they would show the real injuries in the matches they would show them down absolutely slow them, like 
obviously the Sabu example of like here's where Chris Benoit broke Sabu's neck, where he got the nickname. He ne- got the nickname the Crippler. Little did they know. Exactly, because he fucked up at his job, and he that turned out to be good for him. Yeah, wrestling, 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 wrestling. Yeah, fail upwards. Now the the Dudley Boys feud leads to one of the best one of the best storyline moves in ECW. Something that that I absolutely adore, which they've tried to rec- they've tried to um duplicate other people have tried different versions of it which is uh tommy dreamer challenges the dudley boys on their way out for the ecw tag team champions championships the dudley boys say they're going to lay the belts on vince mcmahon's desk uh they're beating the shit out of tommy dreamer at the last second raven runs in out of nowhere who has just left wcw ddt to uh devon gets the pin and tommy dreamer and raven are tag team champions and they fucking hate each other abso fucking lutely yeah, no one has ever done it this well, and a lot of people shit on creative and ECW from this time, but I do think this was great. And the other thing was, the Dudleys had a match for the tag titles, and they won the tag titles earlier in the night. So then Dreamer comes out to uh, challenge them on his own, just because for the you know for the sanctity of ECW, and then you know Raven comes back, and since it's ECW, he can just DDT a guy and pin him, and now he's the champion because that's how ECW works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the show is on, every belt is up for grabs. Um, yeah, and Dreamer doesn't see it and stuff, and that's how you cut out of. I think that was the first live ECW on TNN, was it? Yes, this was the first one because they, they lost their tag champions, and then in a month they lose Taz. Which I don't like. I think it sounds weird, but that, I think that's like they replace. They replaced them very seamlessly. Where they ran into problems was Mike Awesome coming to WCW. Like, that's the thing. The talent in ECW was, I think, good in 99. It's just that they didn't have name. Like, Justin Credible and Jerry Lynn are better wrestlers than the guys they lost. Absolutely. And also, by the way, like, Justin Credible, in terms of a heel, was the, after Raven, the best heel that they had in ECW. He was so smarmy and shitty and just fucking annoying. Oh, it was fucking great. And all the little things of he uh, he stole the kendo stick from fucking um, Sandman. Sandman, and like he was wearing the jorts, but with leggings. Oh, it was yucky poo poos. Oh, yucky, 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 yucky. But this is like, of course, all the fucking wheels are falling off the car now. Tommy Dreamer has to become the ECW world champion, which he never wanted to do. He never wanted to win a title. And this is why I think Tommy Dreamer was hired by the WWF and why I think he's still in wrestling right now is because this guy, A, is good at being uh, making friends and uh, B, is uh, he'll work with a storyline and he trusts the creative no matter what it was and he always puts his best foot forward. Absolutely. He's... Again, he's one of those things where you realize that he was offered WCW three times, the WWE once. If he had taken that in his relative prime, I think he would have gotten a lot further than he did. The problem was is he became so associated with ECW and then they go and do the ECW um, reunion is that he's just basically like, he's the champion from this promotion that's shit, is basically how he... I disagree because I think that Tommy Dreamer understood that he was a big fish in a small pond and liked that. Like, I think he liked Mm. being the number one guy because he looks at Triple H and he looks like, you're not going to fucking get in the upper mix and be Mr. Grudge Match when WCW has Hogan and Nash and all these people who have completely solidified that upper spot. And then WWE... 
F, literally his role is played by uh, the Undertaker. He's like a he's like a weird combination of the Undertaker and Mankind. But I, what I mean is, he's always one A to the main event, like the Undertaker. Yeah. In ways Mankind is he's Mister Bumptastic. So that his role is taken up in the WWF versus ECW, uh, where think think of it this way too: Are you getting paid by the promotion? No. But if you're an investor and the promotion is doing well, you're making tons of money and you're directly re- responsible for that. Agreed. So, like, of course, that's a way better deal if things are going well. That said, they weren't going that well, and Paul and Tommy Dreamer. Oh, no, they were not. Tommy Dreamer uh, turned down a contract worth uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for WCW to stay with Paul because Paul begged him uh, to stay, only for ECW to fold shortly thereafter. I will say this: WCW, though, at that point, Tommy Dreamer is rich. He doesn't need this money. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. But like, is he that rich? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the guy's family. But like, he came up with a well-to-do. He's always had enough. He likes ECW, and I'm sure at this point he's just like locked into fucking. He's locked in. He's worked so closely with Polly. Polly thought it was like a betrayal, and that is another reason. Like, he takes that seven fifty. That's all well and good, but like. Paul being the go-between and getting him into WWF is the reason like that there's no way that WWF would have picked up that $750,000 and then he would have went in the WWF later like that transition from ECW to the WWF and getting that job and then you know going to impact later on and blah 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 that is all because he was faithful to Paul so everything just worked out possibly but possibly but also he's the guy that he him and Paul are still talking they didn't talk for a long time but Tommy Dreamer went out of his way to bet. Like, you watch the "My Name Is Paul Heyman" documentary, and Tommy Dreamer speaks about like his relationship with Paul and the fallout of ECW. And a lot of people are diplomatic and are like, "Well, Paul did this to make sure everyone got paid." And Tommy Dreamer, you can tell they edited a lot out, but he basically he just says like, "He is a liar." Like, and that's him obviously straining to be nice about Paul Heyman. Like. Tommy Dreamer's still fucking pissed off. Yes, you're w- rich and wealthy. You know, that's a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. I don't care who you are. And yeah. yes, he had a future afterwards, but he would have had that future irregardless because here's the thing. Tommy Dreamer, if you're a Vince man, Tommy Dreamer is one thing for sure, which is he's a company man. I don't care if he would have left. Vince mm-hmm. McMahon would have understood him leaving to go to WCW. Also, that guy is a good producer and a good road agent. You would have definitely hired him no fucking questions asked. And he will always have been associated with ECW. Especially if he had left in 99. Like, everyone associated him with ECW. Fuck me. Sandman and Raven both left. And they, to most wrestling fans, are still ECW guys, first and foremost. So, as usual, you're, you're, fu- right. you're fucking wrong and I'm fucking right. And I suck my own. No, I'm right. No, actually, I take back what I said. You're wrong. I'm hard. <laughs> Challenge me for a cum contest. <laughs> oh, whoever fills this now this one gallon Nalgene first wins. I already filled it. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you this, guys. Uh, I don't know how long exactly with editing we've talked for, but the 40 plus minutes we just talked is all bullshit. Because now I get to talk what I really wanted to talk about, and that is Tommy Dreamer uh, in the WWF. He comes in as part Woo. of the invasion angle. Blah blah blah. They change his pants. He used to just have wear like regular black pants. Now they give him like <laughs> rave pants. Oh just, god, like, yeah. Dream, dreamer spray painted on the side. 
he's he tucks his shirt into rave pants for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, he always tucks his shirt into his track pants because when you're from Yonkers, you got to let people know you're from Yonkers, buddy. <laughs> but it still looked fine because he had like a tight black shirt in when he was like a muscular dude with his tucks his shirt into his fucking pants that he, you know what I mean? It looked fine. And then just tucking them into the big fucking stupid jeans. Oh, yeah. That's not what I want to talk about. I don't give a shit about that. You know what? Uh, I want to talk about Tommy Dreamer eats weird stuff. Oh, when he's just a regular guy? I'm just a regular guy. And then he eats the hair after his, after he goes to the barber and then he start and he drinks the, he drinks the toilet water. And, uh, this is for sure a Vince McMahon storyline. And also it's the best because it's like, think of like all the old territories, like, Think of if Dick the Bruiser would have come to the 1986 to the WWF and they were like, that's Dick the Bruiser. He has a cum fetish. (laughs) Uh, I beat you. Now you got to spray me with your stuff. uh, And in this corner, he's too big to fit in bathrooms in Japan. So he just shits on the bed. It's Andre the Giant. <laughs> Who's another great territory guy? Oh, there's so many good ones. Um, Buford Pusser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that bitch done did it to himself. <laughs> uh, Dennis Condry. And in this corner, a man who secretly married a woman and then left her and left his tag team partner and just moved to Washington State. He's never smiled, nor does he know how to talk. It's Dennis Condry. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, it's so good to, like, just take the guy who is the mainstay of ECW and, like, this guy eats hair now and he drinks toilet water. That's his character. Fuck this fucking company. Yeah. Like I guess I guess it's not as egregious as baking Diamond Dallas Page I jack off in the woods guy. Uh what's the best about the Diamond Dallas Page Jack Off Woodstalker is that, that they seamlessly transition to that into being a motivational speaker. Which I feel like I'm very the, funny. I'm the only one that gets the joke of being like, Do you want to be successful like me? That's right, Taker. My goal was to fuck your wife, and I did against her will. I'm Page. <laughs> Are you divorced now? Yes, you are. Uh, the one thing with the whole Diamond Dallas Page thing is, a part of me is like, I would have done that to him too, because you know what his angle he pushed to Vince McMahon was? What was it? People's Champ versus People's Champ, me versus The Rock in a year-long program. <laughs> That's so funny. A year-long program. But who would you have put DDP up against in that invasion angle? Like, Dreamer, I think... That's the weird thing about... He's, like, how... Where does he fit into the invasion too? Because like DDP is when you're upper echelon guys, but then like a guy like Dreamer, like again, he, can I explain to you exactly where how would I would have just done it? Is I would have preserved DDP as he's the working class hero, and you put him against the Undertaker, and you make them both tween, tweeners, which is. Um, Diamond Dallas Page talks about like look at your fancy motorcycle, look at your expensive trunks. You're not a, you're not someone who's the people for the people anymore. I am, and you have them go about it that way because no one talks about it. DDP is a fucking hell of a promo, and he can get people behind him. That's all they needed to do, but they wanted to make sure that WCW was positioned as the bad guys, and that's why they did it that way. Same thing with Tommy Dreamer. You don't make Tommy Dreamer wrestle that much in the invasion you make him and most of the ecw guys as the heavies that are interfering in matches attacking people so it's one of those things where it's undertaker versus diamond dallas page you want to make sure diamond dallas page is a heel midway through the match undertaker gets thrown outside ddp distracts the referee tommy dreamer out of out of under the ring kendo sticks the fuck out of the undertaker 
the kendo stick breaks, realizes there's a pipe hidden in it. Like you really fucking over egg it. Tommy Dreamer escapes through the crowd. That's how you. That's how you use both of those men's skills in the invasion. They did none of that. Instead, they were like, "This dad eats hair, and that other guy fucks tr- fucks bark." Okay, bye bye. <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing about it, right? Like, obviously, their end goal at the beginning was have WWF, WCW, and ECW as separate shows, but they just abandoned that because they they were like, no, we're we're well, Kevin Dunn, right? Why did we spend Why did we spend all this time building our brand if we're going to make the other one win? Like that was his whole thing. Because Kevin Brand, uh, Kevin Dunn, you dumb fuck, is it's you all win. It's not about you're you're wrestling now. You're not the WWE. You are wrestling. So everyone wins if you win. If, if they win, you win. They're, yeah, it's not yeah. like Ted Turner then gets a check. You fucking idiot. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Like if Marvel, if Marvel just got Batman, then <sighs> they just made a whole movie where like you know, the fucking uh, Aquaman just beats the living shit out of Batman or whatever because Batman's fucking DC and he's a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just makes no fucking sense. Anyway, um, first of all. Can I just point out that both Aquaman as as he was I do No, but then he'd be like idiot. Aquaman would be like Booker T where he's like he would he was faithful to Marvel. <laughs> so he he's better than Batman now. Anyway, no one's better than Batman, you dumb fuck. No, everyone's better than Batman. He's just some rich guy who works out. Yeah, me. ECW Originals, uh, 2005. Uh, Tommy Dreamer comes in. Let's re- let's see what he does. Uh, basically, he stands behind everybody in big fucking pants with his while he's balding. He was the hardcore champion for a bit. He had the hardcore uh, title. He had a the last hardcore title match against Rob Van Dam where Rob Van Dam beat him up. And that's kind of like, and that, and that's kind of just his whole storyline. He's, uh, we're just wrapping up here because no one wants to hear about WWE CW or him. He was the WWE CW champion with that big fucking ugly ass belt. There was probably the, uh, I think they went out of their way to make that belt very ugly. It was not great. And then he basically just does a lot of ECW matches is the champion there. He departs in 2010. He heads to impact for the EV 2.0. Oh God. The other ECW. Okay. Let's talk about this. This is at the, this is literally keep in mind two years before TNA was poised to be, the cool alternative to the WWE, essentially NXT, but not uh, not ruining the wrestlers once they move up to the main roster. That's what TNA was. Instead, by the time Hogan arrives, it just becomes an absolute fucking disaster because they yeah ju- yeah. This is the this is the weird thing where it's like you bring back the ECW originals, whatever. Everyone still looks pretty good. Like everyone looks pretty good. Sandman gets back in shape. I thought Sandman looked great in that. As we talked about in the Sandman episode, we, he looked. Great. I think he looked great in the ECW Originals run. Like I think he looked really fucking scary and shit. But this is now everyone's gotten drunk out of shape again. Like the last ditch, I'm 43. Get back in shape thing is done. Everyone's 50 and like Dreamers bald as shit. Uh, they have Raven, but Raven just looks like Raven went from looking like the cool guy that does pills to the oh god, how old is that guy? That's crazy. He just won't stop doing pills. But they, of course, get Mr. Yoga in, Stevie Richards, Sabu, who also is balding as shit, Rhino. As we know, Rhino looks great, baby. But this is an, this is so much... It's so TNA because these old fat guys come in and they immediately beat, like, Kazarian, Samoa Joe, 
<laughs> they beat they, they're in a fucking feud with AJ Styles and Matt Morgan and shit. Like they just bowl over all their regular TNA talent that they should just had crushed these dudes of like, oh, that fat old guy used to hit people with garbage cans. Isn't it funny that he's being put into an incinerator now by our champion? But yeah. instead they're like, no, fat fat old guy has got some shit. Uh here's the match, ladies and gentlemen. It is AJ Styles versus some pee that Tommy Dreamer left on the seat. The P's beaten AJ Styles. Tommy Dreamer <laughs> is dead. Yeah, man. They just had everybody beat AJ Styles. He was, of course, in Immortal for a split second. And from 2010 until now, he's been jumping around the independence and doing House of Hardcore, which is Shane Douglas's Please, I Don't Want to Work at Kmart. He returned to uh, Target. For a, sorry. <laughs> uh, how old am I that I'm saying Kmart? Yeah. Um, he returned to the Fed for some spot shows, and he's been to ROH. Like, basically, this guy is uh, hes jumping around wrestling because he is, as you've said, a great producer. He's well-liked by everyone. He's friends with Shane McMahon, flat out. You're going to have a job if you're friends with Shane McMahon. And I feel like him and Shane McMahon would hang out and have a lovely time. I really do. All right. Before we do best and worst, let me just tell this story that was uncovered by uh, Christopher Hobson, our researcher. Tommy Dreamer and Samoa Joe are on a road trip. Uh, Tommy really needs to take his shit. <laughs> if there are two guys going down the road who I would say both need to take a shit, <laughs> the logo for that would be Samoa Joe and Tommy Dreamer. They both look like they've just eaten something bad and they just need to shit now. They both look like they put hot sauce on coleslaw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, not people who need to shit and they're like, oh, I can wait five minutes. Like, I need to shit fucking now. Now, quickly. I used to be very fat, and so I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and it wasn't a, oh, I have to shit. It was a, like, I would wake up, and I was already walking towards the bathroom because my body was like, we can't, we can't leave him in charge of this. <laughs> he told Joe to pull over at the next rest area. Samoa Joe forgot, and Tommy Dreamer had a fecal emergency, so he jumped out in a mountainous area, and his asshole exploded with shitting <laughs> next to a den of coyotes who take this as what? a declaration of intent to take over their area if you just shit near them. <laughs> <laughs> now, to show you what kind of man Tommy Dreamer was, he just had a towel with him. This is a man who's taking a shit on a roadside a lot. Bring a towel, wipe with the towel. That's how rich Tommy Dreamer is, is he just wipes his asshole with towels, not with, not with toilet with the paper. CI. They cost more. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sure. I could give my butler a raise, or I could do this and be better. He tried to sh <laughs> tried to shake the pack off as he made his way back to the car. Uh, he found a discarded head um, uh, hubcap, and they be and began beating it with a stick, hoping to disperse the coyotes. It slowed them down. That's it. Um, he was pretty sure he was going to die um, by being eaten by coyotes. By the way, he can't find the car. Uh, he saw headlights, and it was Samoa Joe. Uh, he ran for the car, um, and um, it wasn't Samoa Joe at all. Um, uh, Joe, That's by, really funny. Joe, by the way, had pulled around to just circle the road and come back to get Tommy. Finally, Joe returned and saved Tommy Dreamer in the nick of time. Um, uh, um, 
And uh, as they as they got back in the car, Joe said, as he was pulling away, they were talking to someone else in the car about potential predators that could have been there. Um, and there, as they drove away, the headlights just po- uh, like create like looked in the eyes of all the different coyotes creeping up on Tommy, panicking everyone in the car. That is. The best. That's very funny. Best thing Tommy Dreamer ever did in his Shit. Go- and they took it as a declaration <laughs> of war. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you? If you all, if you were asleep and you opened your front door, and like especially you living in that weird house with a thousand Greek people, like I assume your wife's father, if he just opened his front door and there was just a man shitting on the front lawn, it would be like, <laughs> like the 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 word Malacca would be yelled with such force. <laughs> just be slowly stabbed yeah and turn to do a pastry dylan best best thing about tommy dreamer go ahead the best thing about tommy dreamer and this is gonna sound weird was uh his move selection which because he was the innovator of violence and basically what that meant was this uh he would do the death valley driver and the dt as a finisher those were finishers right but then the innovator of violence quote-unquote essentially subsisted of him doing other wrestlers finishing moves and then ECW people kicking out a one, which was never referenced, but was just a little subtle thing basically being like, oh yeah, the diamond cutter can pin people in WCW, but not in fucking ECW. And that's all it was. And he, uh, of course, Canyon then takes the innovator, like, oh, how does he come up with these moves? Because it's Tommy Dreamer's gimmick, essentially. But... That's what they came up with him to be, to be a legacy act. And I think his commitment to, like, there's so much good stuff about Tommy Dreamer, but the move selection as a wrestler and in wrestling, I'd say his commitment to wrestling and just being able to see the bigger picture. Like, he never wanted to be the champion because he knew he didn't need to be the champion. He knew he was always going to be there, so why put the fucking belt on him? Yes. Except you're absolutely wrong. The best thing about Tommy Dreamer is he had sex with every woman involved. Nice. Yeah, that's that's why. What's the worst thing about Tommy Dreamer then? Didn't leave ECW when he could have actually really made an impact on wrestling when his body was still good, and he was he was too selfless of a man. I just don't think that he would have been good in those. He wouldn't. He would have made money for sure. He would have made money, but he just would have been getting fucking smoked in the head by Terry Funk for the WCW Hardcore title. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Tommy, can you do that again? We didn't have the cameras on. Terry just stabbed me with a bayonet. Yeah, we didn't get it, though. So cover up the blood and, I don't know, hit it with a chair and then remove your hand so you're bleeding and it looks like the chair did it. That's 100% true, but he also wouldn't have shouldered his parents with a bunch of debt. He would have had, oh, I made two million bucks. I don't I don't know anything about the man's finances, but he said he bought his parents a house and he's fine now, so I'll trust him on that one. I don't believe it. I but, believe... Uh, they're also rich. So we probably just bought them another worse house. <laughs> yeah. And house is in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> I'm not fucking moving in there. But I bought it for you. Get the fuck out of here. We have like we have five bidets. <laughs> yeah, the house, by the way, is just uh is just a the, the engine of a ninety two Honda Civic. That's how badly injured Tommy Dreamer's brain. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's just a Honda Civic that he took the seats out of and You live here today. now, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Sleep in the house I bought yes. I think the worst thing about Tommy Dreamer is uh he's not I mean this gonna sound fucked up, but he's kind of like the Bella twins. He's not that good. <laughs> it's like yeah. fine. He's just like his promos are okay. He Paul Heyman asked a lot out of storytelling for wrestlers, and so it was like a bit more like all the storylines and all the stuff that Tommy Dreamer did was a bit more adventurous, obviously, because he was in ECW when you had a motivated and online Paul Heyman. 
And he was also there for the I'm crazy Paul Heyman. But I think that the worst thing about Tommy Dreamer was essentially he was just like he was like a C plus wrestler. Like I don't think he had any five star matches or anything. He just like he was part of a new style and he was like the beneficiary of that. I, I really think that. We're I, I this is like uh we're like morning show on opposite sides of this because I think he if anything overachieved and you're thinking he could have achieved more. So very interesting and something to think about. Well, I'm assuming you guys are using this as cover fire because you're masturbating and you don't want your roommates to know. Yeah. Get out some tissues like a comedian whose name I can't remember. Oh, a friend of mine never thought I didn't know when he was masturbating, and yet I always heard him take three tissues out of a box at 9 o'clock at night. Jeez, <laughs> you could hear the tissues? I like that yeah. you're so alert of people jacking off. That was a, this was a shit stand-up comedian that said that. I don't actually think they were shit. I just th- remember that premise being weird. <laughs> I remember it's always funny when stand-ups do jokes like and that just people can't relate to them. Like one guy had a joke about how when you, you when everyone wipes their butt, they smell the poo on the t- paper and I was like, "No, they do." <laughs> what? Who's that <laughs> maniac? He doesn't do stand-up anymore. He was actually a funny guy, but he's like, "You know, cuz you smell it." And everyone was like, no, we don't. Toronto or London? This was in Toronto years ago. It, it's one of those things that always stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the guy who was like, uh, you can tell a white guy over with the McDonald's ads, because this is how old this joke is. Because if it was a black guy, I'd be like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm thugging it. I always thought that was one of the worst jokes I've ever heard in my life. I'm thugging it. Oh, no. I'm it just stuck with me. 14 years that thing stuck with me. So, you know what, guys? Fuck you. <laughs> Suck bitch. Don't not t- tell your friends about this podcast and our annoying Screamo theme song. Tell our friends to to join in 15 seconds in so that they won't hear the Screamo. Yeah, but make sure they don't turn it off oh, I guess it's for the end because they're going to hear it at the end as well. Get us uh, get to us at Wrestler, Review, uh, at Wrestler Review on Twitter and let us know legit. Is this song too annoying and you'll stop listening because then we'll just get a new song. Yeah, we'll just (laughs) revert back to the Vader theme. We'll just get Honky Tonk Man to sing a song for us. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we aim to do an hour and we've done over an hour. Everyone suck my dick. Fuck, fuck, shit, fuck. Asshole. Bye, Dylan. Bye-bye. I thought when I got rid of Raven, that would stop the pain. I didn't think the fury would continue. When Jerry Lawler came in, it was different. Just because it was me representing ECW, anybody could have. Because everybody knows ECW blow WWF out of the water each and every night. You see, when you're the glorified life of a professional wrestler, your life's an open book for the whole world to read. For a kid who's talented enough to make it on his own, wants to jump on my back and disgrace my family and my name to become a star. What you see in professional wrestling, they don't just come to attack you. They take out your friends. And when you're Tommy Dreamer, everybody gets hurt. Spike Dudley, he gets hurt every night. Sandman gets sent to the hospital in front of his pregnant wife. And she has to come to me and say, why, Tommy? Because she's with me, Lori. Because everybody gets hurt. And then 
nothing I can do. Someone who's loved me my whole life. And just like everybody who's in my life, Together, together, forever, we told each other everything. Good times and it's bad! And don't let-